This is Kincaid and Breckenridge, exclusively on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, it's been an interesting uh, few days for the mayor. Uh, he inserted himself in the whole uh, Wild Rose Kathleen Wynne controversy last week. Uh, he got into it yesterday, mixing it up with uh, conservative MP Carrie Diot, an Edmonton conservative MP, uh, and then found himself uh, mixing it up uh, in council chambers with uh, with one Sean Chu. And and uh, this was a very odd back and forth. I think it was uh, with the, the city finance uh, committee, I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, that was I the, the, the committee. It was, yeah. commi- it was a committee meeting yesterday. And so this seemed a little bit off topic, uh, given the uh, the matter at hand. Um, but uh, the mayor didn't appreciate, uh, to say the least, the, the comments from, from Councillor Chu. Yeah, you're right. Calgary Economic Development was talking to the city's priorities and finance committee. Uh, Sean Chu uh, present along with uh, Mayor Nahed Nenshi. And uh, Sean Chu, and this is a transcript uh, that's been published, but this is the, the transcript from events yesterday. Sean Chu said, quote, I cannot help myself about the latest thing in Boston. Right away, the one word that popped into my mind is liability. There's rumors flying everywhere about Uber is going to do something. Now, of course, he's talking about the mayor's now famous uh, periscoped uh, Lyft ride uh, where he called the CEO of um, Uber, he called him a... Um, Oh, did the delay kick in there when I said that? Well, it, not only did he use a, a naughty word to describe the CEO, he, he apparently falsely claimed that, that convicted criminals, registered sex offenders, had cleared Uber's screening. And I think that's what the company really objected to because it you know, called the safety of their, their service into question, and it turned out not to be the case. Now, let me motor through the rest of this transcript before we get to Councillor Sean Chu uh, to give you the context here. Mayor Nenshi then piped up, quote, you have to stop now. You have to stop now. You're being inappropriate. You're being inappropriate and you have to stop. Sean Chu, quote, I'm just asking the question. Mayor Nenshi, quote, you have to stop. You can't talk about ongoing legal action in this forum. And by the way, there isn't any. Sean Chu, quote, the rumor. Nenshi, quote, Councillor Chu, as a councillor, you do not comment on rumors in a public forum. Sean Chu, quote, you do that all the time. Nenshi, quote, well, you shouldn't. I know you do. Sean Chu, quote, I have the floor, thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Are you done? Nenshi, quote, I am, but I will cut your mic off if you continue. They go back and forth a little bit like this, and then Mayor Nenshi eventually cuts off Sean Chu's mic and uh, moves to have Councillor Richard Putman's uh, speak. Sean Chu challenged Nenshi's uh, uh, decision there, and uh, Mayor Nenshi said, please feel free to challenge, all in favor of the challenge, and Sean Chu is the only one who voted in favor of his challenge. All right, well, let's uh, let's get to it here. Uh, Ward 4, City Councilor Sean Chu, joining us this morning. Councilor, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so uh, give us your, your side of this. What, what was it you were trying to achieve uh, by, by raising this point yesterday? Well, so I believe that Calgarians have the right to know how this whole thing, they will be affected. Because, for example, if uh, that's the case, even though CED is the one paid the bill for the mayor to go to different cities, as you know, in Halifax, he, he heard the rumor that we are being blotted, the councillors, and mm-hmm. even though I don't even drink, and people say, you're drunk, out in the public, right? I say, I don't even drink. So now we have in Boston this case, what's next? Like if CED is going to send him away to who knows where, London, and who's he going to be? He's asking or saying things. So that's the liability. What right away popped into my mind is that 
is the city liable for this? When there's a city, the Calgarian liable, as you heard, you know, city pay for it, the 299 or $300,000. So, and my question would be, is a CED liable? Because CED is the one asking to go out. And CED, as you know, is part of Calgary. Okay, so you're talking about, is Calgary Economic Development li- right. liable for the mayor's comments in a lift cab in Boston? I'm just asking the question, would that be part of it? Is that possible? Okay, but let's, I mean, because we want to flesh this out with you mm-hmm. here before we get to the rumor of a lawsuit, but have you got a, a string of logic that indicates why Calgary Economic itself would be liable for the mayor's comments in Boston? Um, because CED is the one pay for the mayor to go to Boston. Okay, so because yeah. CED is the one who floated the, the who covered the bill mm-hmm. to send a delegation to Boston to attend yes. this conference, that yes. as the payer, that they would be liable for the conduct of the, the, the attendees. That's, that's something I want to find out, and that's all. Okay. And as you heard, you mentioned about this legal action. Is there a legal action? Well, maybe mayor, maybe mayor knows better than I do, but I have I don't know any legal action. So that's no illegal action to be to speak of. Okay. Well, all right. So you you suggested you you said that there's rumors flying everywhere about mm-hmm. that, that Uber is going to do something. So what were you referring to? Uh, the rumor is that maybe Uber is going to sue the city okay, or the you, mayor. Right. But, but you don't know any more than that. No, I don't. I just, that's why I want to clarify, is that are we liable or CED liable? You know, if we have the, I understand that we cannot talk about legal action or possible legal action in public. You know, I, I was willing to, to move into camera and talk about it, but I was never afford that option because the mayor shut me off. Okay, but I mean, the mayor, I think, had a, had a question that I think a lot of us have. W- mm-hmm. Where are you hearing rumors that Uber is going to sue somebody, the mayor, the city, or Calgary Economic Development? That's what I want to find out. Okay, but, no, but no, hang on. But I'm asking you. Yeah. You don't have to find this out. You're mm-hmm. the one who has heard the rumors. Where That's did you right. Where did you hear the rumors? It everywhere in the public and the events is everywhere. Everywhere in the public and in the events. So, so yes. no, when no, I'm but, attending but, event, people say <clears throat> Uber is going to do something about it. Okay, but you're talking about gossip, though, right? You're not saying mm-hmm. that you've heard sources close to Uber. You've heard no. e- individuals involved with Uber. You've heard from a lawyer who is working for Uber or a lawyer working for the city. You're just talking about gossip about that Uber might sue the city. I actually talked to some lawyers, and they said that that's a possibility. Okay, but now hang on a second. Because are you talking that to lawyers who, Nothing in their, in their, with Uber. No. in their legal expert advice, that Uber should they desire to sue the city, that they might have a case? Not legal advice, as uh, chatting in the public, and uh, the lawyer with you know with their legal background, they say, yeah, there's potential. So what, what I'm trying to do is protect the Calgarian. And like I said, Calgaria has the right to know. Well, well yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll know. If it happens, we'll know. If it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. If it does, then we'll know, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, but so again, I mean, because now the, the, I think you stirred up a little bit of a, of a hornet's nest here. Because you, you've basically indicated that you've had conversations with people that indicate a lawsuit is forthcoming. Have you well, or haven't you? You know, at the door, and uh, I, I reply, everybody email me or call me, I reply personally. And a lot of people ask me the same thing. As a role of the counselors is to ask questions on behalf of the resident. 
and that's what I'm doing as well. Okay, but the, uh, let me give you, I agree with that, Sean. I think that that's mm-hmm. a very noble philosophy that should guide any city councilor. Mm-hmm. But this is what that would look like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Uber suing Calgary Economic Development, the mayor, or the city of Calgary? That's a question that I think taxpayers would like you to ask. Yes. However, what you did here is say, there's rumors flying everywhere about Uber is going to do something. That's very different than asking a question. In fact, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't even have the required punctuation for it to be a question. Well, I think it is a question because... It's not a we question. Don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know if that's true or not. That's why I, I just try to qualify as a rumor. Right. right. Well, I'm it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like you, you know it's being truthful. It's like someone's either pregnant or they're not. Uh, either a lawsuit's been filed or not. And mm-hmm. and if a lawsuit hasn't been filed, whether someone might be considering one or thinking about one, is kind of a moot point, isn't it? Well, we have to get before it happen. Why? Because, and, well, hmm. if legal action is not ongoing, but is looming then we need to be able to ask questions and prepare. How That's would you, what I'm trying to do. But how would we prepare? Prepare as what's, what's going to happen, and the people has the right to know. The people have the right to know that, they, that there might be a lawsuit that comes from Uber? I think that what... I think how are they going to be affected? Uh, right, that's all pretty speculative. I mean, so we don't even know if Uber is going to to launch a lawsuit. We we don't know if uh, the the mayor, the city, or CED would would all be included in that. We 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 have no idea the merits of the argument. We have no idea who's going to to have to pay those legal bills. And there's no way of knowing that now. We can speculate now, but there's there's no way we can answer those questions now. But that's something we'll have to find out. And should okay, so then should the, we? The, the well, the, the, the question needs right? to be asked of Uber, then, doesn't it? We, the, the mayor doesn't know clearly, but we could ask. We could ask Uber. Maybe you, you guys you should at? call Uber. And well, find have you? Out. Have you? No. Okay. Well, well, last time we had the uh, Alberta director of Uber on this program, he he sort of skirted around the question. So well, I don't know. I don't know if they're considering mm-hmm. it, but they're they're not going to come out and say yes until yeah. they they actually do it. You know, it, it, I think it's very important, and it's okay to stand up for what you believe in, and then asking the, the hard question. And to me, that's leadership. Yeah, but Sean, you didn't, Counselor too. excuse me, you didn't ask a hard question here. All you did was... I haven't finished. You shot me off. Okay, well, then what's the question that you would, what is the hard question that you would like to ask? Right, if you hadn't been cut off yesterday, what, what, what more did you need to say, do you feel? What I want to say is that how is this going to affect Calgarian, reputationally and financially. Okay, and then what would the answer to that be? Because I don't know. Well, well, I but, haven't got a chance to, to ask. But, Counselor, who could know because there's no lawsuit filed? Potentially. <laughs> well, no, as of now, there's no, and as of the time when you would have asked the question, there's mm-hmm. no lawsuit filed. I don't know. That's something I want to explore. Okay, well then... That was the whole purpose. Well, then why, yeah. but, why, but this is not the forum for that. You would, as Rob mentioned, then you would want to go to Uber and say, are you suing Calgary? So are you, are you asking... I don't understand what you want the, the result of the mm-hmm. response to the question to be. Do you want to have a committee that explores whether or not Uber is suing uh, Calgary or Calgary Economic Development or the mayor and find out what the cost and liability to taxpayers is going to be? Is that, is that your suggestion? You know, I'm simply... Speaking on behalf of the resident who asked me. Okay. A lot of questions. Okay. And we, I mean, we've also got the integrity commissioner who's investigating this. So doesn't, doesn't this preempt 
that, that investigation a little bit? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Counselor Chu, I, I guess uh, we, we, we still don't have answers to these questions, uh, and uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll have to, to leave it there for now. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate right. you joining us here. Uh, Sean Chu, uh, Counselor for Ward 4. Yeah, look. <laughs> well, I'm at a loss. Well, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the argument that the mayor behaved recklessly and that maybe we should ask the mayor about not behaving recklessly when he's representing the city. Uh, that the mayor not engage in behavior that could potentially expose him or the city to lawsuits. That's fine, and that's a fair point. But to ask the question about this specific instance, I, obviously the mayor doesn't know. Unless the mayor has been served with a lawsuit, how is he supposed to know? And if he has, then we're not speculating more. Then we've got something real and concrete to talk about. So I, I still think it was more about maybe embarrassing the mayor a little bit yeah. than actually seeking genuine answers, which, which is unfortunate. But because, um, yeah, I mean, we can certainly have a conversation about the mayor's conduct, but this this kind of distracts from that. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit it on the head there. I mean, this this particular forum for this particular question, which uh, the counselor in fairness says he didn't get a chance to ask before he was cut off, served to embarrass the mayor more than find the facts of, of the matter. Um, you know, and, and if, if Uber is not suing the city or the mayor or Calgary Economic Development at this time, um, then I think it would have looked pretty bad on Sean Chu if, the, if all three or any of these three parties were able to stand up and go, yeah, there's no, there's no lawsuits at this time. But uh, I don't know, maybe there's something to be said about how the mayor doesn't want to... Uh, uh, didn't want to answer the question, wanted to shut it down in a point of procedure. Why don't we take a break here, Rob? We'll come back. It's uh, Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770. All right, 974-8255. See if we can get a, a phone call in here from Sarah, who's called in. Hi, Sarah. What are, what are your thoughts on this uh, Sean Chu versus Marinenshi uh, dispute yesterday? Well, I think if you take an example of Prudent Financial, say if you were running a big bank today, I bet you any money you're going to put some loan loss aside. You know, you're going to say, especially in Alberta, because of the situation, right? So if you ran 5% of your loans, um, went delinquent before, now 30% or whatever, okay? Right. I think this may have been where he's trying to head, saying, in the context of the economic development, wanting to run a budget by and say, you know, should we approve this budget for more travel and more trips? A, should we have an exposure if he's got liabilities for a current lawsuit, so should we put a probability? I mean, again, in the context of a loan, you don't know if it's going to default. You just put aside that money or, or probability that it might happen. And furthermore, then the next piece is, um, should we be going forward as a city, letting him out <laughs> to have these, you know, in terms of the economic development trips, if he's going to keep doing these things? Like he mentioned the, the blottoed thing. He said anywhere they travel, you know, so they as counselors are challenged because of things the mayor's out there doing and saying. Well, the blotto thing could have happened here. That wasn't really specific to him being anywhere. That was just the case of the mayor saying something dumb and something he couldn't back up. But, I mean, where he said it was was irrelevant. But, of course, we did just go through uh, uh, a defamation lawsuit that was filed against the mayor. And, again, that was something he said in Calgary, not abroad. And but, we've got some established precedent for how that works and, and what the city's liability might potentially be. So in the context of that meeting, whether he articulated or wasn't given the chance, I think it's horrific that the mayor wouldn't allow it. The mayor shuts it down like a bully. And I do think that it's valid as somebody who just opened their tax bill yesterday and went, oh, my God. 
um, you know, we need to know what these guys are up to. And I'm, I personally... Well, what do you mean we need to know what they're up to? What's the question here? The question... Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily having a question. I'm saying... I, I didn't say I had a question. No, I but I mean, what, what's... What, what, <laughs> what does the mayor need to answer? Sean Chu's trying to ask the mayor a question. You said I the mayor's trying to shut it down. Sean Chu. We don't need to get. We don't need to get. Well, hang on a sec, sir. We don't need to get diplomatic here. I mean, the, the point is, is that Sean oh. Chu is basically gets into a kerfuffle yesterday in uh, in a, a, a committee meeting where he's trying to get at a point about the mayor being sued, and this is obviously a hot topic for his opponents. They like to 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 needle him on this one. So, if there's a question, the question probably is. Is Uber suing anybody? And if so, who are they suing? I don't think that's the point that I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make the point that I don't know if somebody asked me, should we approve the budget for more spending for the mayor to go out and yap his mouth around next year? That was my understanding. It was something about economic developments. That was the initial the, the ten-year plan. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. being briefed on the, on an update on the Calgary exactly. Economic Developments ten-year plan. So, right. so, so then your your comment then, Sarah, if, I, if I'm reading you correctly, is uh, they should amend the the budget so that uh, they're not sending the mayor abroad to be a spokesperson for the city. Well, that should be something that's discussed. That okay. if he's going to keep putting financial burdens through these liabilities that he creates, well, well he's as, doing that. He's doing that here. I think that's the point. Well, I think he did it in Boston too. Well, and that's that's the question no, I, we I have yet to see. Did. I think he did too. I think he definitely damaged the brand. A, that's an absolute. You don't have to wait and hear about a lawsuit. That's an absolute that he's ruined. I've heard people on the show phone in and say that they travel around the U.S. and people were talking about him. Yeah. Well, he embarrassed himself. He yeah. embarrassed the city. I, I I certainly agree with that point, Sarah. Appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, I just can't put a monetary value on it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Like I I don't disagree with Sarah either. But the difference between that and the settling the defamation suit is it's three hundred thousand dollars. There's a price tag on it. When you well, take it to the till, there's a barcode you can scan. We can't do that with the latest issue. No, so then, then we're getting far away from, from whatever it was that Sean Chu was trying to raise yesterday. And I, I, so I think that's the point. But we got to take another break here. Back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. We will get an update uh, coming up sometime afternoon. We'll get an update on uh, what's happening in Fort McMurray, uh, re-entry day for about 15,000 people. And, of course, Danielle Smith will be doing her show uh, beginning at 1230. And uh, maybe she'll do so well that uh, we'll, we'll give her uh, an award <laughs> for see, best, I know best talk show uh, from Fort McMurray. I see what you did there. See what you did there. Uh, well, we're going to talk about this. Look, I cleared my throat on this one on uh, uh, the morning news this morning when talking to Jock Wilson. But, you know, it's about these end of the school year award ceremonies where you give a kid an award, a special recognition for doing something uh, that they're supposed to be doing, which is learning. Well, kids go to school to learn. Yes, <laughs> they, they also do other things. And, um yeah, but, uh, you know, some, some kids excel at certain things, and that's, that's okay. See, I just, I disagree with the awards at school giving kids prizes for stuff that is just reaching their potential. Well, I, I don't think, they're not giving dishwashers away. What do you mean, prizes? It's a prize. It's, you get to have a walk, a handshake, you get this certificate, and then you get to look around the room with, uh, uh, and sanctimoniously declare that you are the best science student while your parents get to look around and go, I'm so proud. Like, I think this is a very useless exercise. And in fact, I, I think that it has uh, negative effects on uh, kids who win the awards and kids and some kids who don't win the awards. I don't think so at all. I, I think, um, you know, I think the kids know who, who gets the highest mark in their class anyway. Uh, I think it's fine to have honor roll and uh, honor with distinction, uh, you know, super honors or whatever they, they call it. 
right? I mean, there, there's the honor roll. You, you can see that that exists, and you're okay with that? No, no, I think that should be gone, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and, and we have individual awards for, for other things, for, um, you know, for different activities at school, uh, you know, chess club or track team or football or... Voluntary uh, activities, right? Right. No, not the compulsory things that kids are absolutely required, not just by the school, but also by law to, to do. Right. So that's my point. I think that where children that are, I though? think that where children are required by law to participate in something that we should not make it a competition, that, that the pursuit of education should be education, not accolade. Whereas in basketball, for example, uh, the pursuit of, of basketball should be the accolades, the trophy for winning the city championships. You should try to set the school record for points in a basketball game. But it's part of school. It's part of school life. Which is fine. But to give awards for academics. And there are kids who want to be on that team who, who don't make that team. That's, that's part of life, too. That's a good part of life, actually. Failure is a great part of life. Well, exactly. All right. Well, let's bring our guest into this. Uh, uh, Chris Weiger, uh joins us on the telephone right now. Chris, thanks very much for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now, Chris, you come from a, a scholastic background here, right? Are you a principal? Can you tell us uh, your position in the school structure? Yeah, I'm a principal of an elementary school. I've been a vice principal and a principal for the last uh, nine years. And then I would, prior to that, I was a high school teacher. Okay. And how do you feel about these uh, end-of-year awards programs where kids are uh, given an award for having you know, the best math score, the best science score, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it's time we rethink it. Um, I know that there's a, a deep tradition in, in many schools on this, and it's an easier shift away from this at an elementary school. So having the conversation in a high school is, is a bit more challenging. But I, I think that we need to take it from a strength-based lens where every kid comes with a strength to our school, and, and they're good at something. And, uh, and the awards typically are very narrow in how we define success. So as an education system, we're rethinking how we define success because it's been pretty narrowly defined in the past. And so trying to align that end of year ceremony with our vision and goals is is something I think we need to rethink and continually discuss at this point. But I, I, what's wrong, though, with, with noting achievement? And I mean, in, in other ways, I mean, you know, schools have, have track meets and uh, individuals will, will uh, receive uh, gold medals for what they're able to achieve. And individual sport teams will win trophies and gold medals for what they're able to achieve. And uh, so, so why not recognize academic achievement? Yeah, I, th- I think we do need to recognize on a regular basis. I think if we wait to the end of the year, uh, and then basically kind of state, it's not really even a recognition. It's kind of just stating you're better than the people around you um, because there's not really a standard. Uh, and that's the challenge we face here is, is we just give one award at the end of the year for, for one subject. I mean, it's kind of just being better than the people around you. It's not really about a standard. And, and we want a standard of excellence, of course. And we also want a standard of excellence in multiple areas. But it, it's quite difficult to decide one person um, I mean, there's not really a number that goes with that. Uh, we, you know, we don't use percentages like we used to because we know those are pretty arbitrary. And so trying to define one thing is, pretty, is a challenge. And, and I don't think education is a zero-sum game where you have winners and losers. Uh, I think it's, a, it's an ongoing process. It's, a, it's, a, it's growth. It's all of that. And I'm not opposed to competition. I, I'm an avid sports fan. I play sports. I coach sports. 
Um, but I think that's a choice. And when we choose to compete, I have, I have no issue with, with awards for that and, and trophies and prizes. Um, but when we kind of throw kids into this game that, that we kind of create, uh, I, I think it causes some problems. And when the focus becomes on that award at the end of the year, rather than the process, um, it can affect collaborative cultures. It can affect lots of different things and the, the school culture as a whole. Yeah, right, because you won't share knowledge with somebody if you deem to be competing with them for that end of your prize. But on that note of competition, um, I mean, I remember from being in, in junior high school, for example, I had plenty of opportunity to compete in a subject which was my strength, which was math. I entered math competitions. Um, and so that I mean, doesn't that just effectively replace any need for that end of year, hey, you got the best grade, you're better than everybody prize? That that would be my preference. I mean that, and and philosophically, that would align where you know you have people that yeah you want to put them. If they want to compete, by all means, go for it, and we can you can enter that competition. But to throw kids into this sort of competition that we create, um, and it's also throwing parents into this competition too, um, because there is a sense of pride. There is a sense of of also defeat if your child does not win that award at the end of the year so it, it there's there's a <laughs> a lengthy history of of uh frustration around awards for both teachers parents as well as um as students i mean the winners always feel good but it, it there's there's i'm not sure that uh, education should be a, a game for winners and losers i think there's an ongoing process there's kids that have a definite advantage depending on your your background where you come from and and uh, the, up, the upbringing in the home that you're in, they have a, a different, and also your birth, date of birth, your, your month of birth has a big impact, particularly in elementary schools. So. But kids already know, kids already know that uh, you, you could ask any kid who, who in your class gets the highest grades. They, they, they could yeah. tell you, they could tell you. So, I mean, like they the way it works strength. at my daughter's middle school is they do basically an awards ceremony in conjunction with each report card. So it, it um, the kids who get honors in the class uh, get to stand up and get their certificate. The kids who got honors with distinction get their own certificate. And then they mention who got the highest grade in, in certain subjects. So th- there's a number of people being being recognized. And it's not just an end-of-the-year thing. But, uh, again, I don't think any of the kids who were there and not getting one of those certificates are, are surprised. They, are, they already know this. Yeah, that's, it's, very, it's very true. I mean, it, it, and we want, I mean, we had a conversation with a great four student the other day. I mean, he was trying to build up a, a person be, and acknowledging that this child had strengths in other areas. Um, we don't want to say it, it's okay that you're not doing well. It's not something we want to say. We want to focus on growth. But to acknowledge that there are strengths in creativity, there's strengths in, in love of learning. There's lots of character strengths that, that kids have that often go unnoticed. And, and when you start to bring those to the forefront through different ways other than awards, uh, you start to see the culture in the school change to, to where kids, I mean, we want to bring out the best in all our kids, not just those who do well in, I mean, if you do well in, in school, you get often get good grades, which means you, you, you are already getting recognized, and then you further get recognized with an award at the end of the year or honor roll or all sorts of things like that. But we want to bring out the best in, in all our kids. And, and I don't want to take away. We don't want to take away from those academic achievements. That's just one aspect. And I also don't believe, I want to make sure, I don't believe in trophies for everyone. 
I'm not a big mm-hmm. advocate yeah, for, for people, that either. So People conflate that. And, and that's the frustrating part about this conversation is that people will hear it and they think to themselves, oh, here's Roger and Chris Weiger and they're talking about mediocrity should be the norm and kids shouldn't try to succeed. But my, my biggest complaint with this is twofold. One, I think it misaligns uh, what, what goals should be. And it teaches kids at a very young age that you're doing this for recognition and not for knowledge, mm-hmm. that I think the pursuit of knowledge uh, is something that they can take with them well beyond their scholastic years uh, into a world where we increasingly complain about millennials who demand that they be recognized for showing up for work. There's so much hypocrisy woven into this conversation. Well, there's the, 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 uh, a handout with a, with a child with a handout because I've done something uh, is, is a real concern. And the more we, we bring awards and, and rewards into the schools, they're constantly looking behind them to see if they're getting caught being good uh, or getting noticed. And it, you're, you lose that intrinsic aspect of things. I mean, there's 40 plus years of research that flies in the face of so much of what we do as parents and as educators um, in this world of social psychology and social sciences uh, based on the long-term negative impacts of things like awards and rewards. So more so along the incentive aspect of it, but, uh, but there's definitely links to awards in school for sure. So is it your sense that, that there's a trend away from this, though, in, in schools, or schools are looking for, for different ways of recognizing it? Yeah, yeah re- I mean, lots of schools are asking the question. And, and again, it is a hard transition away from this, particularly to high school. Um, but, I mean, for elementary schools, I really don't see a purpose in that when, you know, if you're born in January, you have a you have almost a full year advantage for a child that's born in December um, and your, your upbringing and your home life. And there's so many things, socioeconomics have an impact on your achievement. And I, I guess the question too, is we ask, you know, at what age is it okay for awards? Is it okay for, for kindergarten and five-year-old? Is it okay for a 10-year-old, 15? At what, and who decides, you know, like it, it's kind of, we say it's okay. Well, we're going to move away from elementary school, but it's okay in middle school. Like Why? I'm not sure why it's okay at middle school. I guess maybe as the focus becomes more on grades, I'm not sure. But again, that conversation is, is, a, is another topic uh, as we're rethinking some of the ways we assess in schools. So uh, I think it's, it's a lot of people are asking questions, and, um, and that's, it's important. It's not necessarily about moving away from awards, but rethinking how we honor kids and how we try to bring out the best in all our kids. Um, I'm of the mind too, Chris, and I want to run this by to get your thoughts, but I think these awards are for the parents more than they're for the kids. Just kind of like in, uh, you know, when you got your kid in dance class, the recital at the end of the year, (laughs) that's for the parents, right? That's the kids, what they get the benefit from learning all the dance steps. The recital is for the parents so that they can see that they didn't waste their money. Yeah. I mean, there, there is there. And I mean, schools want to showcase excellence. I mean, they, they want to, but there's a lot of different things that are happening where you have these uh, celebrations of learning and celebrations of growth where, where kids are sharing their learning in, in their own ways and, and people are coming in from the community. But it, it is, I mean, through social media, you have, you know, you do have parents that will post their picture of their child's report card or the child with a trophy, you know, proud parent. And my question is always, would you be proud if they didn't have that? Um, because I'm, I got twin five-year-olds. If one of them won a trophy and the other one did, and I put a picture of myself <laughs> or with one child, you know, they both have different strengths, and, and I love them equally. And that's kind of we, how we feel as, as teachers is to pick one of our students uh, when we're continually trying to bring out the best in them is, is, a, is a real challenge. And, and I don't think 
that speaks to what we believe as an education system. And, and, I, and I've been researching this for a number of years and I'm pretty passionate about this topic. So uh, I, I definitely think we need to, to rethink it. But parents do, when you, when you ask the question to kids and when you ask the question to parents, does every child have a strength? Um, and the more and more kids, more and more parents that acknowledge that, um, I think we want to bring out the best in all our kids. We want our kids to be collaborative. We want a positive culture. We want them to be cared for. And whether awards at the end of the year fit into that is something that a school needs to decide. All right. Well, fascinating conversation, Chris. Uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. There you go, Chris uh, Weiger. He's, uh, he's a dad, also a principal, and worked in a number of schools in BC, and some that have done this, some that don't. Um, yeah, I mean, so they, they have it at my daughter's middle school. They don't, they don't have this at the uh, elementary school where my son's still at, but he'll move into the, the middle school and presumably they'll, they'll still do this. I, I, don't, I don't mind it at all. I don't see it as being for, for me or my wife. I know it's, it's meant a lot to, to my daughter. It's been a bit of a motivating factor for her to, uh, to, to realize her potential, to, to not just say, well, good enough is good enough. I'm not allowed to comment any further on this one. Tina has chastised me for uh, making a comment about, on this matter since I don't have children. Aha. Uh-huh. How could I possibly fathom what a school is like? Turn your mic off. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, 974-8255 on this. Man. I, I, I got some more, more thoughts on this. But there's a lot of people saying that, look, academics is competitive too. There are dozens of opportunities throughout the school year for kids to compete in academics. There's, there's math competitions and science fairs and well, all this is one. kinds of stuff. But the fact that everybody has to play this game eh, kind of makes it unfair. They, well, so what? They, they play it. What did you get on that test? What I got, what did you get? Yeah, it goes on all the time. That's fine. That, that's, that's competition. That's good. You want to beat your, your academic rival. Good. But that's a, that's a result of testing, though. This is a school. This is a cumulative result of, of testing. We'll be right back. You can call us up, 974-8255. A lot of texts coming in as well, 770-770. Talking about school awards. In the, in the example you gave where kids compare their test scores, they're doing that. Kids are going to be competitive, you're right, and they're doing that. They're trying to outdo their buddies and their classmates in small cliques and whatnot. Yeah. And that's fine, okay? But what we have here is we've got a situation where the school has a ceremony where they're going to honor the kids who achieved the highest grades uh, or uh, had certain accomplishments. Now, I think you should award the the football player who uh, uh, you know plays the hardest, uh, performs the best. That's a voluntary activity that person part, uh, took part in, and that the school could voluntarily choose to, uh, or uh, individuals in the student body could voluntarily choose to try out for that football team. That's a whole different animal here. What we're talking about is kids who are required by law, it's compulsory that you take these academic courses. And then to have this award at the end of it all for the one who, who did the best, regardless of, of effort or potential, et cetera, et cetera, I don't think that that benefits anybody. In fact, I think it has a negative downstream effect on those kids who win the awards. There are plenty of rewards. Yeah, there's plenty of rewards, no. proper rewards for uh, academic achievement and excellence. And this is just kind of uh, grandstanding. That, that well, does, what's the uh, difference? Either, either we, award, uh, we award excellence and achievement or we don't. 
Why, why are some okay and some aren't? I, I don't understand. Because I don't want kids to get the wrong idea that What's you're doing this. That, that you're doing this so the principal will shake your hand and you'll get your picture on the wall. You well, don't go. Well, don't, I don't, well what, what, whether they're doing it for that reason or not, maybe they're doing it because their their parents are going to give them a hundred dollars at the end of the year. Maybe they're doing it because they want to uh, beat that kid in the the other class that they hate. Maybe they're doing it. <laughs> also uh, be- bad, by the way. Well, I mean, that's the whole point. They might have all kinds of reasons for doing it. The fact that they're doing it, though, is is what's being well. Why, being give, why give them this reason then? Let well, why kids, not give them? This let reason? kids have the reasons for doing it. But it's like the employee of the month thing at the restaurant. Like, forget about it. you do. You work hard for two reasons: so you can make the, the the place more productive and better for people around you, and so you can make more money. Doing it so you can get your pic, your smiling picture on the wall. Come on. <laughs> I don't think it's that's why they're doing it. I, I think it's you're doing it because you're capable of doing it, and and you're not letting good enough be good enough. Um, because yeah, when you're in grade eight or grade nine, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you got sixty five percent or eighty percent or ninety percent. No, when you get to grade twelve and you want to go to a great university, and there are a lot of things you want to do, you want to have doors open to you. It definitely matters then. That's the wrong time to start realizing that holy crap, my seventy percent is not good enough. I better start getting a ninety five. You're you're helping instill those. Those habits, that the desire to to achieve, that desire for excellence. We are late for a break. We'll take one here. Uh, we're going to keep the phone lines open after the news to uh, twelve o'clock, though. So nine seven four eight two five five. We'll get to your calls. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk seven seventy. Roger Kincaid and Rob Breckenridge, weekdays starting at nine thirty a.m. on News Talk seven seventy Calgary.